What if you were better equipped to beat your best in any situation life throws at you? What if you were able to realize game-changing breakthroughs and achieve your goals fearlessly and without restriction? My mission is to help you level up your mindset to achieve peak performance so you can accomplish the most audacious goals you have in life and in business while embracing the highs and lows of every journey. To do that, I'm gonna to explore topics that challenge how you think and help explain why you show up in the world the way you do. By accepting the challenge, you'll think better, you'll feel better, and you'll perform better every day. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Slover, mindset and peak performance coach, business consultant, thought leader, author, and award-winning educator. And it's a good day to do great things. This is the Quest for Life podcast. I recently came across the idea of both and thinking and found that it resonated with an impending decision I feel compelled to make. More on that in a minute, but first, for context, both and thinking means approaching opposing ideas or what appear to be opposing ideas with an open, active mind and finding the good in both ideas. This process doesn't come naturally to Western cultures who are socialized into rational, dualistic thinking patterns, which is about comparison and differentiation. Essentially, it's either-or thinking. And while either-or thinking has led to incalculable advances in science, technology, and medicine, after all, the scientific method is based in either-or thinking, Dualistic thinking isn't the only way to interpret the world, and doing so can allow us to be myopic in our approach to life and decision-making. By contrast, ancient traditions such as Buddhism and Taoism emphasize the non-dual mind, thereby transcending either-or thinking, or in many ways, a fixed mindset. What follows are examples of how shifting to both and thinking can level up our mindset to enhance performance. Let's get started. Professor of Management at the University of Delaware, Wendy Smith, and her colleague, Marianne Lewis, Dean of the College of Business at the University of Cincinnati, offered numerous insights into this approach to thinking in their book, Both and Thinking, Embrace Creative Tensions to Solve Your Toughest Problems. They developed what they call the paradox system, which assesses our assumptions, boundaries, comforts, and dynamics, and how each applies to our respective worldviews. For example, when people struggle with career dilemmas, they often say things like, should I emphasize excelling in my current job or should I take the leap and explore new and different possibilities? Ironically, this type of either or thinking creates a sense of agency in the person's life while simultaneously creating increased levels of anxiety and uncertainty. By weighing the pros and cons, the either-or elements, this tends to reduce the discomforts related to the decision we're faced with in the short term, but in the long term can bring about greater limitations. People go through this all the time with respect to the success that they've had in their life. I know for me, I was taught at a very early age to make pros and cons lists. This was established hundreds of years ago by Benjamin Franklin. I'm not sure where he learned it, but I've arrived at unbelievable success making pros and cons lists, the either or list. And it's created an element of bias in, in the context, context of success bias. And what's interesting is that, the re, and the research supports this, what's interesting is focusing on the either or elements absolutely calms down or tamps down the stress and anxiety in the moment. But if a decision isn't arrived at, it can actually increase limitations for future decision-making. 
I mentioned an impending decision I'm faced with a few minutes ago and have admittedly taken an either-or approach until recently. Having started consulting and coaching companies in the last 18 months, along with the Quest for Life podcast, I've been debating whether to leave my full-time teaching position and growing these companies exclusively. And then, of course, I vacillate to staying in my teaching role exclusively. In effect, I've engaged in dualistic thinking that has left me fraught with stress and anxiety rather than leveling up my mindset. It's a process, everyone. I've been waiting for clear signs to tip the scales in one direction or the other while neglecting the obvious. Both and. Specifically, why can't I do both? Teach and consult. I can do that. But that really isn't the best question I need to ask myself. A better question is, what brings me joy? Notice I didn't ask, what brings me the most joy? That would perpetuate either or thinking. Notice I also didn't ask, what do I like to do more? That would place teaching and consulting at odds, thereby causing me to go down the road of a pros cons list. Been there, done that. Where I've landed is asking, what brings me joy? And what I've learned is that I find joy in coaching, consulting, and hosting a podcast, not at the exclusion of teaching, but for the betterment of me as a holistic being. I value both hard work and rest, not at the exclusion of one or the other. I value both self-discipline and self-compassion, not at the exclusion of one or the other. I value solitude and community, mind and body, being good enough today and striving to be fractionally better tomorrow, embracing happiness and sadness without excluding one or the other. This is extraordinarily challenging. If we're conditioned to make decisions in an either or thought pattern, this idea is extraordinarily challenging, but it's unbelievably rewarding if you can wrap your mind around it. What I've found is a complementary nature in things rather than a conflicting nature in things. Think about it this way. Think about being in conflict with another human being. We take a, a, a position and we're we're willing to go to the nth degree in order to make sure that we're right and the other person is doing the, this back and forth. The, the conflict is baked into the cake we, because we get so married to our, our position or ideas at the exclusion of their ideas or any other ideas that, that may be out there. And simply holding one perspective and being willing to die on the hill for it without exploring alternative or competing thoughts is inherently self-limiting. Could it be, though, that the person with whom we're engaging in the conflict could be right, too? Could we both be right, at least in part? Could it be we're both right and both wrong, both right and both ignorant to other options, and yet we're willing to die on the hill at the, to the detriment of our relationship because we haven't prioritized the relationship? What we've prioritized is our own worldview, this either-or worldview, not focusing on a both and perspective. Here's another way to think about both and thinking as compared to either or thinking. Lifestyle changes. Let's say you know someone who wants to eat healthier and cut out junk food. Now, this person loves chips and cookies, and you know and they know in advance that deleting chips and cookies from their life will require tremendous commitment and willpower. And we generally know how long willpower lasts. So what does this person do? 
they go guardrail to guardrail and prepare a chicken salad for lunch. Now, this is the chicken salad that has leafy greens, boneless, skinless, tasteless chicken breast, maybe a little bit of uh, Parmesan on it, uh, fat-free dressing, that sort of thing. So they pack that for lunch. They drink protein shakes throughout the day, and they eat a low-carb dinner. They're extraordinarily well-intended. But they went from living a life of indulgence to one of deprivation. It's classic either-or thinking. But what about this? What about eating both healthier and include small indulgences? Why not eat the chicken salad for lunch if you, that's what you want, along with a low-carb dinner if that's what you want, along with a couple of cookies for dessert if that's what you want? I've been in the health and fitness game for more than 25 years, and I can tell you that will not undermine your, your fitness goal or your fat loss goal or even a performance goal. It just won't. It'll actually keep you on track better than not doing something by living a life of deprivation. And rather than going from one extreme to the other, this either or thinking, why can't every day be a cheat day? I mean, think about that. Why can't every day be a cheat day? If we're not take, going down the road of deprivation, where we're literally dealing with lack or doing without, and have a little bit every day, I know this is easier said than done, but having a little bit every day, it's way more gratifying. It gives us a better shot of actually achieving that goal. And as I mentioned a moment ago, I've been in the health and fitness game for more than 25 years. And I can tell you that I have a couple of cookies every night, or I make sure to grab the M&Ms in the trail mix. It's something that keeps me level-headed throughout the day. And it's like this, it's like this reward for for sticking to the the other aspects of my program, for being disciplined in so many other areas of my life. And I find it surprising that people are surprised by this, by actually having every day be a cheat day. And at least on this topic and approach to lifestyle, I've been able to hold two seemingly contradictory perspectives or beliefs, and it works very, very well. And I get other people might not be able to do that, where the discipline for them is not having those temptations in the house where uh, the discipline for me is I can have them in there and just not consume them. Another example related to lifestyle changes is waking up earlier to win the morning. Be sure to check out season three, episode one of the Quest for Life podcast called Habits of Mind. I, I go into more detail about winning the morning there. You see, I have a number of students that have expressed sincere interest in doing this, waking up earlier and subsequently beat themselves up when they fail to weave this into their life, primarily because they go to bed at inconsistent times. It's a mindset that they either have to wake up early or lose out on something related to their performance without considering other dynamics. It's a dualistic mindset. It's either or. A both and approach might look something like this committing to waking up early three days a week and going to bed the night before at a consistent time. It allows the person to be strategic in their approach by oscillating between two potentially competing approaches. Another approach could be, you know, this could be reframed as going to bed early and waking up refreshed, refreshed thus allowing them to tackle the day with vim and vigor. It's the proverbial having your cake and eating it too mentality. Or it could be reframed as promoting health and well-being by being well-rested and contributing more value during waking hours. Ultimately, the both and mindset isn't about making limits front and center. 
It's simply a different way to go about making decisions as compared to either or thinking. And we experience the latter in all different settings of our life, particularly in business. We all get that there are always competing agendas at work. I mean, we get this. We see it all the time. In many ways, our professional lives are simply just an extension of high school and dealing with office politics and, and egos and, and big personalities and also competing agendas. People are married to their thoughts, ideas, and perspectives. And, we, and when we're met with these contradictory views, either or thinking pits people against each other. It becomes a zero-sum game whereby there has to be a winner and there has to be a loser. And in, in those settings, it's a scarcity mindset, which starts from the belief that resources are finite or should be limited even if they don't have to be. It further limits options by failing to examine the breadth of alternatives and possibilities that exist beyond the tenets of the competing agendas, which ultimately is a false dichotomy that fosters unnecessary problems. I had a former supervisor, this was 15 plus years ago, a former supervisor that I would go back and forth with. I had my agenda, she had her agenda. It turns out that and I learned this really early on, it turns out that whenever I would communicate an idea that she liked, she would actually bubble that up to her supervisors and take credit for it. And I learned really, really early on that I didn't like how that felt. So what did I do? After we had the conversation, I would send her a summary email of the things that were discussed and the ideas that I proposed, and I CC'd her supervisors on it. Now, you might expect she didn't like that either. But it would it created this either or thinking and this competing agendas actually put us at odds with one another. And yet we were on the same team trying to trying to win together. So certainly something to consider. And a credible way to shift the competition from either or thinking to a both and approach is to ask questions rather than making statements. I could have done that with my supervisor, but I didn't. I would just generalize statements. Now, I've certainly evolved and matured as I've gotten older in this regard, and asking questions is a really, really effective way to break the dualistic approach. Asking questions invites discussion while making statements can limit them, especially if there's a reporting structure involved. Now imagine you have a supervisor that's holding a staff meeting, and the supervisor comes into the meeting and says, Okay, everyone, customer turnover is up 30% versus this time last year. Clearly, that's a problem. Here's what I think. Well, depending on the culture of that organization, it's highly likely that the employees or the team members in that meeting would defer to the person that has positional authority. It's, it's vastly different when that person comes in and says, all right, everyone, we have a problem. Customer turnover is up 30% versus this time last year. Sam, what do you think? And then the person, the manager, the person with positional authority reserves the right to communicate if they communicate at all. Because what you're trying to do is foster different thought. You're trying to foster you know, in innovation or critical or creative thinking in that moment. So using a both and approach expands our thoughts to get a glimpse into what's possible. For example, let's say you're a team leader. Instead of making the statement, I have to pick either Mary or Ben, begin by asking, how can I bring both Mary and Ben onto my team? 
What I'm not suggesting is that you'll be able to get both Mary and Ben on your team, but rather asking the question expands options that were likely not thought about previously. Another way of saying this is that making statements bakes constraints into the cake with respect to decision-making instead of imagining that you have no limitations. Now, you may need to add constraints later, but it's generally easier to add a constraint after the fact than impose constraints from the outset. For me and my coaching and consulting businesses, I found this challenging at their initial founding. You see, I wasn't sure whether I was going to make my businesses Christian-based or secular-based. I didn't know if I was going to make them Christian or agnostic. This is classic either-or dualistic thinking. I was concerned that if I made it my mission to glorify God through the work that I did, it would potentially be off-putting to the non-religious and the non-spiritual. After months of stewing about this, I had an epiphany. Why can't I do both? Why can't I hold true to my values and beliefs and do really good work? Why can't I glorify God and meet or exceed the needs of my clients? Interestingly, it wasn't until I reconciled both and thinking that I found peace in what I was doing. I can hold true to my values and beliefs and do great work. I can glorify God and meet and exceed the expectations of my clients. I can do that. And I reconciled that I'm not responsible for the feelings of others. If someone doesn't want to conduct business with me because of my deeply held beliefs, my, because of my faith, that's their loss. Now really listen to that statement again. If someone doesn't want to conduct business with me because of my deeply held beliefs, because of my faith, that's their loss. That is the epitome of either or thinking. And I readily admit that it's the epitome of either or thinking, which brings me to one final point on this topic. We need either or thinking. We just don't need either or thinking at the exclusion of both and thinking, just like we don't need both and thinking at the exclusion of either or thinking. For example, a jury deciding the fate of someone convicted of a violent crime would likely find it extraordinarily difficult to embrace both and thinking. While not impossible, and I'm not really sure how they would go about doing this, juries are left with decisions like life in prison or the death penalty. 25 years in prison without the possibility of parole or 15 years with the possibility of parole. In sports, either or thinking abounds. Either I block this guy or he sacks my quarterback. Either I make this shot or my team loses. All I'm suggesting is that we don't engage in either or thinking about thinking. There are different ways and both and thinking is another option. Broaden the ways in which we think broadens our ability to level up our mindset. So as we wrap up another episode of the Quest for Life podcast, I encourage you to identify life circumstances or scenarios where your default position is either or thinking. From there, consider ways in which to go about incorporating both and thinking. Then, with the people in your life, family, friends, your spouse, your children, co-workers, Work with them on embracing, embracing even greater possibilities. All of this is to say that life itself is a zero-sum game. Either we're living or we aren't. All the other stuff in the middle can be made vastly better with a leveled-up mindset. And there's no doubt your performance will improve. It's food for thought, fellow questers.
Be sure to follow or subscribe to the show and pass it on to a friend. You can also download the show notes at thequestforlife.com. That's the quest number four, life.com. Be sure to contact me if you're interested in, about learning more to level up your mindset to achieve peak performance. I look forward to hearing from you. As always, thank you for joining the conversation. <laughs>